Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains frank and offensive subject matter, dealt with in a sarcastic and juvenile way. If you're easily butthurt, you probably shouldn't be here. Check in with This American Life, where there are grown-ups writing their pieces. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks the simple question. Twitter rants. What the hell were you thinking? This is the Sunday, June 14th, Fuck Me If You Can't Take a Joke edition of the show, where we look at the PCU effect, and not that Jeremy Piving movie about colleges that no one saw in the 90s, but the contemporary culture of intolerant tolerance on campus. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by the Society for the Protection of Feelings, the SFPF. Not just humorless buzzkills. They're angry humorless buzzkills. The SFPF. It's not a joke if I personally don't like it. If you would like to sponsor the show, call up the SFPF because someone has hurt you. It's made you irrational. You need to talk about your feelings of self-destruction with people who care. These, Tom, are your cause heads. They find a world-threatening issue and stick with it for about a week. What's up? What up? What happened to the ozone layer? It was last week. Uh, now it's meat. Okay. Grills serving up chili burgers, but they're not letting anyone in or out. Uh, I love chili burgers. What about you, Dave? Yeah. yeah. Let's do lunch. What All right. <laughs> what do Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, and Larry the Cable Guy have in common? I mean, besides being, you know, at the peak of their popularity 15 to 20 years ago. No, no, they're on a short but notable list of comedians who won't perform on college campuses, and not for the reasons you might think, namely being too old to have a shot of sleeping with any of the women at the shows, or even the, wait, bro, who are these old dudes effect, which is common to comedians of their age. No, they're not playing college campuses because college campuses are too politically correct. For those of you like me who, well, let's face it, we now officially fall into the category of olds, as the kids call us today, let me refresh your failing memories. Remember when you were in college, or like me, truck driving school, and there were certain people around you whom you could not tell a joke because they were offended by everything? I mean, you couldn't go to a party and tell that joke you heard Eddie Murphy do about being afraid of gay guys? Oh, hell no. Hmm, okay, not a great example. How about the one, Sam Kinison, where he's talking about his ex-wives? What? No! 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 Hmm, yeah, okay, I see your point there. That's not a great... Okay, how about this one? The one where Andrew Dice Clay said... No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yeah, so maybe comedy in the late 80s and early 90s was a bit much. 
Still, back in the 90s, college campuses began to reverse centuries of white male dominance by including women and minority voices in the community. And a proximal effect of this was a grave concern for the words people used and how they impacted the community. It, it, look, this was a laudable goal. And it was largely considered a laughingstock by everyone outside the university setting. I mean, I remember feeling an intense pressure to monitor my language. Meanwhile, I was still free to act as much of an asshole as I ever had. Uh, this has basically been the status quo for, what, 25 years now? And I kind of think that it might still be, based on recent episodes of frat boys singing lynching songs, and that date rape is pretty much okay on campus so long as you don't talk about it. With the advent of the internet, however, PC is no longer kept to a small protest groups outside the student union. Now the protest groups have a huge megaphone to call out reprehensible behaviors of individuals in a public forum with like-minded souls who are happy to sound alarm bells far and wide. No longer content to shout meat tosser and chase you across campus, the offenders are pilloried on that most subtle of internet soapboxes, Twitter. And this would be fine if the offenders were lynch song singing frat boys or date raping frat boys or Republican politicians who have sex with young boys and pay them hush money. Sadly, nuance is not something that humans in general and college students specifically are very good at. We, as a species, like to paint with broad strokes and 20-somethings just grab the motherfucking paint and Jackson Pollock that shit right on the nearest wall. And with the case of political rec correctness, everyone wearing paint is equally guilty because, hey, look, they got paint on them. They must have did something. So you have to police speech to avoid even the inference of bias in order to avoid giving offense to anyone who might be offended, which is everyone, everywhere, every single second of their goddamn lives. How does this relate to comedy? Have you ever heard a comedian who worked really hard not to offend anyone? How badly did they suck? Well, then I just, you know what's interesting? Nine days till Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I can't really know much about uh, the Pfizer has announced. Hey, look at this. It's interesting. Judge, just out of my. Yeah, but nice Mother's Day. Looking good, you guys. Yeah. President Obama. President Bush. A ride. Hillary Clinton. Lindsay Lohan. Paris Hintless. President Obama. Republican. Republican. Yeah, what? that's what they said. Yeah. Yeah, but this thing. You know, it's me. As you know, that volcano in Iceland. That would be bad. Up yours. Son of a bitch. Comedy. Good comedy involves fearlessness, a willing to step beyond the boundaries and say things other people don't usually say. And it's a razor-sharp, double-edged sword, because for every comedian who's saying things people don't want to, but desperately need to hear, there are 20 guys like Dane Cook just saying whatever dumb shit pops into their head. In some cases, this is horrible, awful things the comedian should be afraid of. And maybe the listener should, too. And I admit... I laughed at Eddie Murphy, Sam Kinison, and Andrew Dice Clay when I was young. And I'm sorry if you're still a fan, but the shit they said about women and gays, that was just hate. It wasn't funny. Not from just from the perspective of 2015. It was also that way at the time. And people were saying so. The problem was no one was actually listening. So maybe a Twitter campaign was needed back then to change minds. But we didn't have a Twitter. What we did have was a brain and the ability to learn. 
So when we had real comedians who were saying things just as provocative, but with depth and thought behind them, we could compare and contrast the two and see the difference between the meatheads and the thinkers. Do you really think the modern PC culture would listen to George Carlin talk about a feminism or race in the language he used and not be offended? Oh, some people don't like you to talk like that. Oh, some people don't like to shut you up for saying those things. You know that. Lots of people, lots of groups in this country want to tell you how to talk, tell you what you can't talk about. Well, sometimes they'll say, well, you can talk about something, but you can't joke about it. Say you can't joke about something because it's not funny. Comedians run into that shit all the time. Like rape. They'll say, you can't joke about rape. Rape's not funny. I say, fuck you. I think it's hilarious. How do you like that? I can prove to you that rape is funny. Picture Porky Pig raping Elmer Fudd. See? Hey, why do you think they call him Porky, huh? I know what you're going to say. Elmer was asking for it. Elmer was coming on to Porky. Porky couldn't help himself. He got a hard on. He got horny. He lost control. He went out of his mind. A lot of men talk like that. A lot of men think that way. They think it's the woman's fault. They like to blame the rape on the woman. Say, hey, she had it coming. She was wearing a short skirt. These guys think women ought to go to prison for being cock teasers. Don't seem fair to me. Don't seem right. But you can joke about it. See what Carlin was doing there? See how he turned it back on itself and on the behavior that is the actual offensive part of it? But to get to that point, you gotta stay with the joke. You gotta listen. You gotta think. And you gotta let the comedian get you there. Today, the modern listener would be tweeting about the gross insensitivity of George Carlin and his lack of concern and his lack of trigger warnings before they got 10 seconds into that bit and never hear the end of it. And if you think that George Carlin lacked compassion or didn't care about the victims of the crimes, then you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called you an idiot. I've probably hurt your feelings now. Look, some of you don't care about comedy. I get that. But what if I told you this pernicious culture of shaming extended beyond the simple halls of stand-up and into the halls of academia? What if I told you about college professors who are afraid to teach certain subjects certain ways because they fear the backlash of the PC culture? An anonymous adjunct professor wrote in Vox not long ago, he felt like teaching the works of Mark Twain or discussing topics like rape in a scholarly context opened him up to complaints and threats to his position. And if you've ever known an adjunct professor basically sneezing in class is enough to get you fired. A Northwestern University professor wrote an article defending professor-student romantic relationships and was hit with a Title IX complaint resulting in an investigation against her for harassment. She was cleared, but went on to write another article describing the Star Chamber proceedings that, that constituted her hearing. She wasn't told who filed the complaint or even what the complaint was actually about until she was already in there. And the only reason that she was cleared is because it was a spurious and idiotic complaint in the first place, but that didn't stop the hearing from happening. You can't get a rape hearing, but you can get a hearing for hurting somebody's feelings. Are college students such delicate flowers? They are utterly incapable of hearing disagreeable things without pressing charges. Is Larry the fucking cable guy right? God, I never want to say those words again. Is he right when he says the PC culture is damaging? Is a free thought and speech in danger from the forces of tolerance, like I hear on Fox News all the time? Is it possible the conservatives, for once, are right about something? Anytime you ask yourself that question, you should immediately say to yourself, No, sir! 
No, someday there may be a yes, but today is not that day. Are the reactionary elements on colleges who vocally take umbrage with disagreeable speech and actions? Of course. This is nothing new. In the heady days of Newton, there were people in Cambridge who marched in circles carrying elegantly scripted signs decrying the decreasing uses of Latin in the curricular. When Harvard was nothing more than a local community college, Troy and Abbott in the morning, there were some groups that were just really angry about the discontinuation of stocks on the quad. I mean, good grief, the 60s were basically nothing more than a lot of people who weren't so much against the idea of killing Vietnamese, but more the idea they personally should be the ones to go and kill them. The abolition movement started when a group of people policed language and demanded that we call slavery slavery instead of the common euphemism of the time, super happy fun time in the cotton field, and super happy cotton fun leaders or slave owners decried the PC tone of the change. Political change and inclusion starts with young people who decide that those who came before them might be wrong and how they talk about people and how we talk about people matters. In my 46 years, I've seen so many positive changes because of political correctness. That also means that I can no longer use the term gaywad when describing Tony, my fifth grade bully behind his back, where he could never, ever hear me. And I'm willing to make that sacrifice. At the same time, speech, including truly offensive speech, like every word that comes out of Ted Cruz's mouth, even when he's asking someone to pass the salt, shouldn't be driven from the public sphere. If a comedian makes an offensive joke, don't go see that comedian. If you're hurt by someone's thoughtless words, say something to the person and don't go home and watch a, launch a Twitter campaign to castigate them over their thoughtless words. Listen for context, make allowance for stupidity, and for the love of all that is good and decent, stop thinking every joke needs a trigger warning. Birth should be your trigger warning, all right? Comedians are changing with the times, and the people of your generation are going to be more finely tuned to social mores than Jerry Seinfeld or Chris Rock or even me, and I'm not a comedian. I'm not even funny. I have somebody else write all the best lines for me. I just actually lift them from Jerry Seinfeld's Twitter, Twitter feed. Trust me when I say that when I was your age, we didn't think Ralph Cramden threatening to beat the shit out of Alice was very funny either. But as we grow older, we learn to develop a thick skin, an ear for sincerely meant insult, and a filter for stupid, because if you don't, you walk through life a streaming cauldron of rage, which is basically the entire point of this podcast. If you don't develop that filter, you will turn into someone who talks about transgender people by saying they wish that they were transgender in high school so they could pee in the girls' bathroom. If nothing else... That particular joke tells you why there will never be a true conservative comedians, because conservatives don't know from funny. Sometimes a joke is just a joke, even if it isn't funny. Jeff Dunham, I'm looking at you here. Ahmed the Dead Terrorist isn't racist. It's just not funny. And being f not funny shouldn't be a thought crime. It should just get you ostracized by good comedians at parties and occasionally land you The Tonight Show. I'm talking about Leno here, not Colbert, to be clear. I mean, I have a dream that someday all of God's comedians can stand together 
and be judged not on the color of their skin, but the funny... Oh, hell no. Sorry. Sorry, I got carried away there. Definitely too soon. I must have done so That's it for the show this week. Our title music, as always, is by the band Hypnostate. Find their work on Jamendo.com. We close tonight over the sounds of George Jones expressing his deep guilt for the joke he made about his wife and insinuating she would be okay with his whiskey drinking and sleeping with her best friend, Merlene. Remember, sticks and stones can break your bones. But words are currency when you get paid by the word to write for a blog. This probably explains why so many of them don't make sense on redstate.com. See you next week. And the pain goes each day. Ten times ten times ten. I'd cut off my arm and walk on and leave it behind. If I thought that you. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.